Hi, welcome to the podcast, The White Bikini. My name is Marie White, and joining me is my co-host, Nicholas Fanton. How are you, Nicholas? Hi, Marie. It's great to be with you once again. How are you? Doing well. Looking forward to another interesting episode. Tonight, we are discussing Sean Penn, and I've titled him actor, activist, and possibly has jumped the shark. Quite possibly. His last few let's just say activities or adventures have been a little bit unusual and we can delve further into that. I'm assuming our audience knows who Sean Penn is, but I feel the responsibility to just quickly let everyone know that Sean Penn is an American actor, activist. He has won two Academy Awards. He was born August 17th, 1960 in Los Angeles to Leo and Eileen Penn. Sean's father is important to the narrative of his life as Sean's father was blacklisted during that very sad time in America, the Senator McCarthy hearings. Yes, the McCarthy era. Leo Penn refused, as many people did in that era, to name names, and as a result could not find work acting for many, many years. And it wasn't until Kirk Douglas hired Leo Penn to do some work that I think broke out of that shell of that 1940s, 50s bubble that you and I talk about all the time. And that was kind of the breaking point for Leo Penn. No, I mean, I can only imagine uh, the suspicion that would develop living in a household like that, where the community that your parents, your father depends on for your survival is a threat. So, you know, I, I suspect that it may have influenced some of his attitude towards institutions of authority and power because he does seem to have a little bit of a paranoia streak to him. So, you know, it stands to reason that his early years may have influenced watching his father go through uh, the struggles that he endured may have influenced his attitudes towards powers of uh, institutions of power. And Sean Penn is definitely, he's my generation. And we are the era that did grow up with the post-World War II fathers and the anger that came from those, the war, the post-war life that did explode into their household. And I think Sean definitely on the other end now of watching him mature as a person definitely has some anger management issues. Yeah, I think that's fairly clear. You know, just the series of interviews that you've watched, you've seen over the last few years, there is... There's trauma. There is trauma. I mean, I was about to say that you do get a sense that he has a sense of righteous indignation towards the causes that he supports. And he's not a coward in terms of, you know, going into war zones and going to some very uncomfortable places. But the anger that he has seems to be greater than the causes that he's supporting. And and I think perhaps that's what you're referring to. 100%. That's a clearer description he he gets angry at these situations whether it be my first memory of him getting involved was with the Iraq war he took out the ad in the Washington Post the letter to President Bush but there wasn't a lot of follow-up after that it was Katrina and I do remember the photographs as I'm sure you do do of him actually carrying people and saving them yeah no I, I get that I get that white knight response the need to want to change the world to improve people's conditions but 
And I think maybe this might be part of his frustration is that usually if you want to change the world, you got to build a lot allies and alliances and you have to develop programs and you have to be patient. I, I get the sense that he has what feels like a childlike impulse to rush in and save the day like a superhero and then put everything to rest and and everything will be fine in the resolution of the conflict. And that's just not how the world works. And it, it seems to be am among the myriad reasons that may lay at the heart of his anger and his frustration. It seems to be a part of it that he wants. He seems like he generally wants to improve people's conditions. But I can only understand the frustration that must come about when you can't easily resolve these conflicts. And I feel that he does with the Iraq war. There was that letter. And as much as I do pay attention, I am a big Sean Penn fan. I felt like the Iraq war, I, and also because maybe America now, is we just move on to the next tragedy. We do. Um, I think we just pay attention to whatever is on the primetime news hour, and that's it. He moved on to Katrina, and as we said, we, we saw the photographs, but there was never that follow-up post-Katrina, not that I'm aware of. I, I think in some ways, Sean Penn is just symbolic of Americans we have good intentions until we get distracted by something shiny or more tragic and then we move on to that thing you know much like our previous podcast where we have discussed adults in this case linda evangelista struggling with arrested development it seems to be a part of sean penn's psychology that someone who means well wants to do well but struggles with the difficulty of living in the real world with all the dynamic facets that compose a, a specific tragedy or a specific conflict and dealing with that, it's just overwhelming. And then the next situation that Sean got involved with at the time, I thought was very strange and concerning was when he met with the Mexican drug Kingpin El Chapo in 2015. Yeah, I think it's that superhero conflict. He believes that he's singularly equipped to deal with some of the more difficult things, uh, the more difficult challenges that face powerful institutions like the DEA. Sean Penn believes he can do what the DEA cannot. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, it is, when, when I guess when you put it in, in stark terms like that, it's comical, but it really no, is. No, and, and that's and perfect, it, thank you, I'm sorry. Well, it truly <laughs> is farcical when you, when you see that, and I get his frustration. If he, th you know, he's a guy who's, I think is truly convinced that he can walk into any situation and fix it. But it's also incredibly childlike not to be able to understand the complexities that are involved in resolving these, these matters. Agreed. And I think he goes in and once he realizes the layers of complications from getting from A to Z, he kind of bounces out. Yes. And, and that's, that's what little kids do. They pick up the guitar, they pick up the piano, they pick up the drums, they pick up painting, they pick up karate. And then the the daunting reality sets in of what it takes to achieve true mastery. And they bug out, they exit stage left. And I have a suspicion, Sean Penn, there is that facet to his personality, where on one hand, he's just an admirable human being with the best of intentions. But when you start something as monumental as I guess trying to save the world and you don't have the emotional strength, the emotional maturity to follow through and you end up leaving people high and dry. There's a tragedy to do that. 
for which I don't know that you can readily forgive him because his intentions were pure. And then the current situation is in the war in Ukraine. He was on the ground doing a documentary. Suddenly he was talking about melting down his Oscars. He was in a whirlwind over there. And suddenly he disappears from all these situations. And I do wonder, this is me maybe being paranoid. Is he contacted by higher people to tell him to get out and stop it? And he does? I would be shocked if the State Department wouldn't communicate with him because he is actually, you know, if Sean Payne goes into the Ukraine, actually goes into Ukraine, not the Ukraine. I learned that is actually a, a slight towards Ukrainians. If Sean Penn goes into Ukraine and gets captured by Russian special forces, he then becomes a pawn for Vladimir Putin to dangle. He complicates NATO and Western foreign policy. So I, I would I would assume that there were some sober-minded adults sitting in the room that perhaps kindly asked him to leave the scene. And it's like everything. It's the the. The Iraq war, obviously, he did go over to Iraq, but it was the letter. And I do think he gets involved in these situations and obviously currently in Ukraine. And then he was there. He was on the ground. As I said, he was going to melt down his Oscars. And then he just vanished. Yeah. You know, it, it, this perhaps I am in no place to judge or evaluate anyone's psychology, but the thought came to me. So this is, I think, an appropriate forum for us to just have an open discussion about this. It sounds like someone who between the anger and the exuberance might be dealing with bipolar disorder, where on the front end, he does have this irrational exuberance to do these very difficult things. And then on the back end, he be becomes overwhelmed and demotivated and angry when he's unable to follow through on his intentions. And as just a layperson who has had marginal interaction with people who have been diagnosed with bipolar disorder, I, I do see some similarities there, in which case, perhaps it means that we should evaluate him with a little bit more compassion. Um, what are your thoughts? I think I agree. I don't, not that you are, I don't like to think that he's, I, I don't know what he's been diagnosed with, but there's a problem there. And I think what I want to come to the decision with today is what's made him erratic in these El Chapo Ukraine, that Iraq. unstableness, Iraq has made him a genius of an actor. Yes, uh, but acting is not real life. And I agree with you. I, I absolutely agree with you. I think to be able to channel those emotions on screen is entirely appropriate. But to have that same or similar approach to real life situations and the dire consequences that can come from poorly conceived intentions that's more problematic sean did win because he does deserve this credit he won two best actor awards for mystic river in 2004 which i think is still one of the most powerful movies i've ever seen his next award was for milk in 2009 so he's kind of a complicated person because we're watching him in this erratic behavior with all of these issues his acting is consistent no i i mean I think some people want to hold Sean Penn to this vision of Spicoli, um, but he's not that. He is a complex, seasoned, I dare say, excellent actor. I, I think 
where the controversy remains for us is his activities off screen. But I, I don't I don't question his his acting chops, his thespian skills at all. I, I think he's a fantastic actor and I, I find him to be a compelling performer. And I guess that's what I want to do tonight is look at all of these different situations to come to the conclusion, has he jumped the shark or has he just jumped the shark in these political events? Because his acting is spot on. He really yeah. hasn't. Sorry, go I, on. I, no, I'm sorry. I, I think it's entirely, I, I think that's a, it's a proper perspective to take. I, I, I think it's, it's because he has, I mean, the Gulf War, I mean, we're talking about um, 20 years ago plus. So there has been a consistency to him doing these off-screen, um, impulsive, erratic, well-intentioned actions. But you're right, though. As an actor, he's been consistently excellent. And I wonder, I did read an article from the Washington Post, and I want to quote exactly what they said, is Sean Penn takes these bold steps, yet in what appears to be a never-ending quest to ensure he's remembered as more than an actor. Um, now, that is yet another perspective. Perhaps he's legacy building. But unfortunately, he seems more like Don Quixote than, you know, some sort of uh, foreign dignitary genius. Unfortunately, you know, because there are these well-intentioned, as I've said multiple times, but bumbling execution to many of his uh, quests. So if, if, if the... If the meaning behind his actions is as a human being with significant resources who has a passion to improve the condition of the world around him, if that's his motivation, then it's admirable. But if it's simply a matter of building a legacy, so perhaps one day there will be a Sean Penn Museum, I don't think he's doing well in that endeavor. I wonder, though, is some of this constant behavior a reaction to the heartache that he saw his father go to go through and he's trying to make up for what he couldn't help his father with there you go i, I think you would definitely take a sharper and cooler mind than i to assess that in its totality but in so far as i can render a judgment i, I think that's perhaps part of it I, I think you know he may have witnessed the impotence of his father in the face of the mccarthy era and the blackballing that took place and, and when his, I, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. And when his father did come out of that era, at that point, he probably lost a good ten to fifteen years of income. You don't come out of that quickly and overnight. No, and that would spur the impetus for him to try to make more of his life than he felt his father had the opportunity to do. And once again, it's absolutely commendable what his. His intentions, I think, are pure and good. I think he may fail to recognize how difficult these tasks are. And he may, I don't think he may, I think he has overestimated his talents and skills. And I think Sean, along with many conversations we've had, is suffering from that post-traumatic stress disorder of being raised from the greatest generation. I'm from that generation. I know what not the same childhood, but the trauma that our parents went through in their childhood kind of bled into our lives and our behaviors manifested, whether it be jumping into all these crazy situations and not following through, unstable relationships. I think there's 
something there that's not been looked at from my generation in terms of the post-traumatic stress that we went through for our upbringing. I agree, and I think there's a larger sociological component where I don't necessarily think we have an appreciation for PTSD beyond violent trauma, uh, combat veterans, people who are in uh, car accident, rape victims, sexual abuse. I think there are many layers. There's a gradation to which one can experience PTSD. And I think our society, we're just coming around to that appreciation that maybe Sean wasn't a combat uh, veteran, but I think you're right. I think there are different ways in which people can experience PTSD. I mean, we look at families where, you know, large families where one child will remark about how fantastic their childhood was. And then the younger sister or older brother will remark about how absolutely horrifying their parents were to them. So it's a function not only of specific events and specific levels of trauma, but it has to do with just the way our level overall or our overall levels of sensitivity. Some people are just more sensitive than others. And Sean Penn might be one of those people. He might just be a highly sensitive individual with a high sense of duty and and that motivates it. But I think you're right. I, I think there is a, a pain or trauma, some sort of dysfunction that that we also have to recognize. And I do think sadly about the unexpected death of his brother, Chris Penn, I think also affected him. Yes. And when you're forced to deal with mortality, you want to seize as much life as you can. And unfortunately, sometimes you can be a bit irrational about that. When I see Sean in current pictures, because I do feel we have a responsibility to go over his marriages. I sense a man that fears he's running out of time. He certainly does have that. He does have that quality about him where he does seem like he is running out of time, like he wants to do more and contribute more to society. Um, but that could simply be a function of his psychology where he perhaps doesn't appreciate the scope of what he's trying to do. So he's constantly rushing. In reference to Sean Penn's marriages, he's only been married twice. His first, obviously, was to the superstar Madonna. which was a very short-lived, very violent, very spectacular start and finish. He was married to Robin Wright for a long time. They got divorced in the mid-2000s. My apologies, he just got his third divorce. He's had numerous relationships, but what interested me is his last marriage to Vince D'Onofrio's daughter, Layla George. There is a 30 some year age difference. They've currently just got divorced, but I found it very concerning that in a People Magazine article that he said that he would be up all night watching the news. His wife would get up in the morning. He would start drinking vodka and take Ambien to avoid the bad news of the world. Yeah. I, on that some levels- That flag to me. Yeah. I would agree with that. On some level, I, I, I recognize that need 
because I think I suffered from that impulse for a while. The, the, the just this overwhelming awareness that the world is not right and someone has to set it right and that someone is me. And then I realize how impossible that is. And it sounds like he's going through a similar situation, but whereas I was a younger person, I had family and friends to help, help me rein in my own, rein in reality essentially, to let me know that what I'm, what my intentions are just simply not feasible. It sounds like he has, he doesn't have that. And unfortunately he has the resources financially as well, as well as socially to act on those impulses. But it, that is very, very concerning. That sounds like a man who might just make some very rash, impulsive decision in the middle of the night that will not only harm his life, but harm the lives of many other people. I can I can imagine him, you know, being in Ukraine and broadcasting live from inside of a car, a car that is then targeted by Russian snipers. And that's perhaps something that he would not have considered in the moment because he thinks he's doing good work. I think he was asked to step down from the war in Ukraine. Whoever asked them if they did, I think that person was incredibly mature and reasonable. And part of me feels that when I read the interview in People magazine, and my apologies for the divorce from his third wife, the authenticity that he spoke about being in love and his heartbreak over it, I was concerned, but at the same time I thought, is he actually coming to grip more and more with his feelings? And could he be coming to a healing process of a lifelong trauma? It's a very difficult question, you know, not knowing him personally or being in his social sphere, it'd be difficult. But, you know, from a 30,000 foot view of his life, I hope that's the case because that would mean that that impulsiveness, that sort of manic behavior that we've witnessed would perhaps be coming to an end. And then he would have a much more balanced approach to his activism. I don't think that Sean Penn has jumped the shark. I'm still rooting for him, his acting. I'm hoping with his activism, he, he picks something and follows through and kind of ties it up and moves on. He kind of starts a bunch of fires and doesn't put anything out. I think his marriage, his numerous marriages could also be a symbol of something a little unstable. But I was deeply moved by the current interview that I read with him. And I was starting to wonder, is he going through a healing of lifelong trauma or problems that things you even look at at 40, you don't look at at 50. He's in his 60s now. And he, I think he's, I think he's coming back. I think we're going to see a stronger, more organized, more mature, more thoughtful Sean Penn. And I still think the best is yet to come. Age will definitely temper you. I think some of the rash impulses of youth gets tempered with age. And perhaps that's what we're witnessing. Because, you know, the old saying goes, the mind is willing, but the body isn't able. And he might be running up against that. My, my fear in that instance is that he might not recognize the limits of his own physical capacity and tries to push himself to do things that he might not be able to physically do. That would be one concern, in which case the problem would be exacerbated. But I'm going to err on the side of benevolence in this case and hope that he is taking a track towards becoming a, a much more moderated individual where he does take on some of these challenges 
that are absolutely desperate and needed in our society. But as you said, he follows through on them and there is some adequate resolution to the problems that he that he tries to tackle. So in layman's turn, you think Sean Penn, the best is still yet to come? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think the best has the possibility to come. Um, I, I perhaps maybe I'm a little bit more skeptical about where he is in his path towards redemption or reclaiming his or reclaiming authority over his impulses. I, I want to see more because I do hope, you know, someone with his influence and wealth can do some good in this world. He really he truly can, but I'm not yet convinced. I am skeptical that he's either hit rock bottom, if that's the proper term, or if he's um, calibrated his his views on what he thinks he can do. I think he's calibrating, and I think I'm rooting for Sean because I'm rooting for everyone in my generation that there's still the best is yet to come. No, I think we can hope for that. I think there is a place for expecting the best in others in spite of their their history because it's better for all of us. It's better for Sean Penn, and I think the world will be a better place if we have a better version of Sean Penn out there impacting other people's lives. So I'm in full agreement with you. Thank you, Nicholas. I enjoyed our discussion tonight on the white bikini regarding Sean Penn, actor and activist. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you. Until next time, Marie.